0: Chad asked me to talk about using medicine as a way to share Jesus. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Mercy Health Center, which is where I work. Um, And they're just a really good example of doing this in our community. Um, I'm not a healthcare professional in any way, shape, or form. So um, the people that I interact with at Mercy, I cannot fix their diabetes, manage their blood pressure myself. Um, But working as a team, I've really been able to see how managing someone's diabetes and helping them see a cardiologist and things like that, um, really does open the door to let them hear Jesus. Um, so I've been reading through the Gospels a lot lately, um, just kind of one after the other, um, and you see a lot of examples of Jesus meeting both physical needs and the spiritual. Um, we see a lot of him healing the sick and casting out demons and raising the dead, um, and as you look at each of those instances, you see that um, Jesus doesn't do this just for crowd effect. Um, those miracles were not to be a crowd pleaser. Um, I think if he wanted to be a crowd pleaser, he wouldn't have called the Pharisees a bird of, of vipers. Um, but he does this to demonstrate his power to do two things. His power not just to heal your body, but to heal your soul. Um, in Matthew 9, there's the story of the paralytic man. Um, his his friends are so desperate to get him to Jesus. Um I don't think they necessarily wanted him to be there to have his sins forgiven. Um, But that's what Jesus does first, is he forgives his sins. Um, And then to demonstrate his power to do both, he then heals his body. Um, Because as bad as it is to be paralyzed, it is infinitely worse to be bound and lost in your sin. Um, So an example of just doing this present day, um, what does using medicine look like in sharing Jesus? Um, so at Mercy Health Center, Mercy is off of Oglethorpe Avenue. If you've never been there, you probably haven't seen it. <laughs> um, it's kind of at the back of the parking lot. Um, Mercy has been around for about 14 years, and it serves the residents of not just Clark County, but five other surrounding counties, um, serving those who do not have health insurance, and because of that, very low income and cannot access health care for themselves. Um, Vanessa sees a lot of them in the ER. Um, <laughs> we utilize over 700 volunteers to serve about 3,000 patients right now. Um, we offer a lot of medical services, so primary care, but also dental. And we've got a lot of specialty docs that volunteer with us now. So we've got doctors that will see you if you need a cardiologist, and a rheumatologist, and all those ologists. We have a lot of those now. <laughs> um, but Mercy also fo- puts a focus on caring for the whole person. so. Obviously, we're a health center, so obviously we focus on meeting physical, medical needs. Um, But there's a lot more that goes into a person than just having a list of medical problems. So you might have diabetes and high blood pressure, but you've also got a soul that needs tending, and you've got emotional needs and mental needs and just a lot of things that go into being a person. Um, So Mercy also offers things like counseling. Social services. Megan's been on the social services team with us before. Um, Rachel Higgs has been there. Um, We also have a prayer team, so just about any time a patient comes through our door, somebody's there to at least offer to pray with them. Um, So they're getting really wraparound service there at Mercy. Um, I've been on staff there for almost two years now. Um, Started off as a volunteer though. Rachel dragged me into it and said, "Hey, come shadow at Mercy." Um, so I went one evening and ended up shadowing Philip Ion on the prayer team, um, and just fell in love with it. Um, so I, I was on the prayer team for a while and got a lot of patient interaction at that point. Um, but now I'm on staff and I work with all the new patients that come in. So every single week we're we're entering 12 new people into the medical program there. Um, my job is really their first experience at Mercy, so they come in, they meet with me for about an hour, and we we do a lot of boring paperwork. Um, but I also explain a lot about Mercy, what we do, how we're going to help them, things we're going to connect them with. Um, I also, just in kind of preparation for their first doctor's appointment, get a little bit of medical history and um, social history. I ask them if they have a safe living environment, and um, I ask what their faith background is. And this has opened a ton of doors. Um, it's it's been really neat to see. But there's really kind of two camps of people. Um, I'm either sitting there and hearing really cool stories of how um, God has brought this person through some hard things and, or how he's walking with them now through hard things and just hearing really good testimonies. Um, the, the other camp is people that are walking through the hard things and they don't have Jesus yet. Um, my job, I'm very spoiled. I get to talk about Jesus if they're in that spot. <laughs> um, so And I'm allowed to. And at that point, you know, we've sat there in my office for an hour, um, and they have heard all these things about these people here at this place that they leave at the end of the day feeling like, hey, these people might actually care for me. Um, and so even though I cannot do a thing to help their blood pressure. I cannot <laughs> address their congestive heart failure. Um, they they leave feeling like they might actually be loved for who they are. Um, and I've had a lot of opportunities to pray for people that normally wouldn't let someone do such a thing. Um, and I think part of that is because they know that one of their biggest barriers has finally been addressed or removed you know finally they know that someone's going to help them get their health under control now they can focus and let me talk to them about the spiritual about their soul um so i just want to share a couple of stories um god has been working at mercy just through a lot of people not just me but volunteers that we have and the rest of the staff um just in the past year we've had two patients this year decide to follow jesus um really cool. (laughs) Um, Tim Savelle, Patrick Savelle's dad, Tim, volunteers there as a prayer, really a prayer warrior um, on Thursday afternoons. Um, He led one to Jesus a couple weeks ago. Um, I've also seen just a lot of people, like I had a a transgender woman come into my office at one point um, who's just really had a lot of hate thrown at her and a lot of just a lot of hate. Um, and after a couple of weeks of being with us and meeting with our nurse practitioner and just various people, um, she left us a note just thanking us for being a place where she could finally feel loved um, and not hated for who she was. Um, not at Salvation yet, but progress. Um, she knows that we're a safe place and safe people to come to. Um, I've seen people's hope just for the future be restored. Um, believers, but just lost lost a lot of faith. Um, one patient, first time she'd ever walked in my door, um, newly homeless, really stressed out about it, in a lot of physical pain, throwing up in my trash can, um, just in a spot of just no hope and panic and not knowing what to do. Um, after several weeks and just a lot of one-on-one care from doctors and counselors, um, Tim Sabel praying for her many times, um, she is finally in a place where She's okay, and, and she's got a hope for the future and knows that God is with her even if she doesn't have a place to lay her head that she knows every single night. She knows that God's there, and God's going to provide that place for her every night. Um, so just seeing people's hope restored. Um, and then even patients that I know are Jesus followers and Jesus lovers going through a lot of pain themselves. Um, I've seen them set aside their own pain for a minute and go and pray with another patient that they saw crying in the waiting room. Um, it's just been really neat to see what Jesus is doing, not just through me, but through other patients and staff and volunteers. Um, He's helping us not just strengthen bodies, but encourage souls. Um, So as far as, I guess, prayer, um, I know One Hope supports mercy a little bit financially, but you guys support me, (laughs) which is huge. Um, So please pray for me that in those, I mean, I have 12 people every single week that I've got an hour to sit with. pray that I'm bold to take advantage of the opportunities that he gives me with those people. Um, and for wisdom, another thing that I've noticed, um, over the past couple of weeks, we have had a huge influx of Arabic speaking families come into mercy. Um, I had one, <laughs> one Muslim family come into, um, come into my office and I think he went back to the mosque and told all his friends. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I have now been getting a huge influx of Arabic speaking families and, um, they don't, they don't usually let me pray with them or anything like that, but we've had conversations about prayer and what that looks like for them and what that looks like for me, and um, it's just been interesting. I don't know what God's doing there yet, but um, just pray for wisdom in, in that because that's, that's a culture that I'm not as familiar with. So I can sit and I can talk to a, a, a Catholic Hispanic person really well. Um, not so much with a Muslim person. <laughs> I just don't know. So pray for wisdom there um, and just for continued open doors and to be planted. That's kind of what Mercy does. Um, Just one more way, one more opportunity that God gives us to slip through a door and, and talk about Him.